What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG and MHS Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. All right, the Nuggets are now up 2-0 in their playoff series against the Minnesota Timberwolves in the first round. Uh, there are several takeaways from this game. Um, there's been some pessimism. There's been some uh, optimism. And to be honest with you, I think we should be entirely optimistic uh, about the way this game unfolded. I have big top line takes, but I think I'm going to concentrate this particular episode after the Nuggets won uh, last night on a couple different things. It's the nature of how offenses operate, the difference between the playoffs and the regular season, and uh, how the Nuggets were both were 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 both blessed and cursed by Jamal Murray's uh, offensive output. But let's do the top line takes here. There has been some concern uh, expressed about Nikola Jokic. Um, one of the things that I'm going to really try to emphasize to people is, yes, he has a wrist injury. Um, but the Nuggets very deliberately have a game plan against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And it, believe it or not, it doesn't really feature Nikola Jokic in his traditional way. In fact, uh, Jokic kind of tipped his hat uh, to the way that the, the Nuggets were going to approach this when he emphasized that he won't be getting in the post much. A lot of Nikola Jokic's shots, particularly this year, have been uh, post-ups and uh, drives. Uh, he posts generally more than most players. In fact, I think he posts more than Joel Embiid does. Embiid is not is more of a traditional face, not traditional, but he's more of in the Akeem Olajuwon, David Robinson kind of center. Um, that is a specifically very different. That is a scoring type of center. Uh, the um, Jokic is very classically a back to the basket center. Um, you know, Patrick, and in fact, I would actually say uh, Ewing, uh, um, uh, Embiid is closer to Ewing, particularly uh, with Ewing's drop step. He's kind of a combination of, of uh, Elijah Wan and Ewing, um, which would have made the best center ever in the history of anything if you had both of those skill sets. Um, but there is a, there is a uh, kind of a, I don't know. People have th been thinking that Jokic's wrist is a reason that he hasn't been uh, shooting outside with much efficiency. But to be honest with you, I thought he was perfectly fine last night. He had twenty-seven, nine, and nine. Um, it was. It's. I think due to the nature of the way the Timberwolves play, and particularly since they have two bigs, Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert that Jokic is spending a lot of time on the outside and not necessarily facilitating the offense. This game specifically requires, uh, since the Timberwolves um, have those two bigs, it requires something different. And like I said, Jokic is the one who tipped his hand about the way he's playing uh, himself when he's, he mentioned that he's not going to be posting up much. And then he kind of backtracked a little bit. That's, if you look at the way the last two games have played out, Jokic is not doing what he usually does. Uh, and that has completely thrown off the Timberwolves. Now, that third quarter last night aside, uh, where the Nuggets kind of let slip the rope, which is probably a good lesson for them to learn here because the, the, the Timberwolves weren't doing anything other than what they always do, but they were playing harder. 
And the Nuggets got Karloff by them playing harder. To be honest with you, that is very simply what happened. Then the Timberwolves took a two-point lead and couldn't expand on that because the Nuggets uh, are the clearly the better. I'm just my no offense to my Timberwolves people who would listen to this were from Timberwolves fans. The Nuggets are clearly the better team. There's a reason the Nuggets were the first seen in the West this year. But Jokic really has not emphasized the certain aspects of his game that make him, you know, if if Jokic was doing that, the game would look a lot different um, and the Nuggets wouldn't be getting the opportunities they do. And when you play the game like the Nuggets have, specifically with the game plan that they have right now, it, it limits, even though he had 27, it limits Jokic's control of the game and it kind of puts the ball in other people's hands, i.e. Jamal Murray. This was obviously the plan because the uh, uh, the Timberwolves obviously have been seeing that Jamal Murray is uh, has been that key. And I'll get to Jamal Murray in the second half of the podcast. But um, really what we have seen is a, is a Denver Nuggets team that uh, is in perfect control of this and knows they are better than the Minnesota Timberwolves. And this leads to Jokic kind of not having to do everything that he usually does in the regular season. There isn't a um, need for him to be the dominant Nikola Jokic. There's a need for him to just be um, himself. And um, he has let the game come to him. People have, I think, are overly concerned about the wrist. The wrist is obviously a factor, but I don't sense. Be, um, as someone who has uh, had several wrist, not you know, sprained wrists in the past, um, it it it's a more annoying than anything else, and it can really sting because it, there's no broken bones there for Jokic, but it is a sprain. Um, what happens is. It gets it, it it goes into hyper stinging territory when uh, someone hits it, um, and by stinging I mean it just like it the sting goes from the the point of the injury all the way up to your neck, and uh, it is one of those injuries that it just does that when it gets hurt gets slapped and obviously Jokic is probably gonna. I'm knowing Towns, he's probably knowing the wrist is a factor and, and probably emphasizing on it. I do not blame him for that. That's something that happens all the time in the NBA. Um, but 90% of the time, not maybe not that, but because he's playing basketball and there's contact, but most of the time it's just annoying. And um, annoying injuries can... Are, it, it, this is the NBA playoffs. You've played 82 games. You're going to have annoying injuries. This is not a one of the more severe injuries, particularly since he hasn't had a broken bone there. This is not one of those injuries that's going to be a cause for a huge amount of concern. And I think that that uh, is something Jokic is cognizant of. And the way the Nuggets are playing this series, there's not a lot. There's not, I shouldn't say, he's not leaving himself up to the constant banging um, that he would otherwise be. He is he is a outside presence who's still going to score. I mean, he took 27 points last night, people. Um, so obviously it's going to be a different kind of feel, but it's still the same Nikola Jokic. Um Michael Porter Jr. saved the Nuggets' asses, though. And I think that when we look back at this game, obviously the top headline is going to be Jamal Murray's 40 points. But Michael Porter Jr. took a a, a 
something that could have been on the precipice of collapse um, if the Nuggets were not the better team and made it to the where the Nuggets were like, oh, we're the better team. And he started the fourth quarter with a personal 8-0 run, finished the quarter with four, 13 points, and he scored 16 in the game. Um, you, I will emphasize this so people understand. If Gordon and MPJ did not have foul trouble in this game, and there were some weird foul calls on both sides, by the way, this was this was a terribly officiated game for both teams. Um, if Porter and Jokic didn't have such awful foul trouble, uh, the game would have been over by halftime. Um, Mike, when he is out there as a threat and spacing, completely alters the way you you have to do offense. And you saw it when he came in in the uh, the the right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He had been out for most of the third, and then the Nuggets rapidly lost that 15-point lead at the start of the third. Uh, Malone took him out, and uh, he didn't get back in until he was just him with the second unit, which we have not seen this year. Uh, Mike, it has been Mike with the um, start, and he basically chained a Jokic. But it was changed up a little because Jamal has been, was hot, and Malone, the only time he really makes lineup adjustments is when a guy is hot. So obviously, Murray is going to be out there as long as he's throwing flames. And um, what happened was uh, Mike gets in there and is like, fuck it. Pardon my language. I'm just going to will us back. And the Nuggets were down by two. Gets a gets a four point play to start the to start the period, and the Nuggets were off. And by the end of the game, the Nuggets were up by ten, and it really then were in no danger of losing the lead. And that was almost entirely because Michael Porter Jr. came in there and was like, "No, I'm go I'm going to score." And I think what happens with the the Denver Nuggets is that is they get, and this is going to be part of my Jamal Murray conversation in the second half. It's not going to be negative Nancy. This is going to be a a discussion about about how playoff offenses are different. Michael Porter Jr. Uh, being able to do that added something that this Denver Nuggets team largely has not had in the Jokic era. Um, a guy who came in, um, uh, who wasn't Jamal Murray, and came in and just was able to establish and do something without the input of Jokic and Murray. And when you have that, your offense, and specifically your team, it's very hard to stop. And one of the reasons I'm more encouraged about this victory than I was the first game, which was just the Nuggets dominating, is this game the Nuggets faced some uh, of their own personal demons and stared them down. Um, that third quarter was ultra-casual Nuggets, and the fourth quarter was Michael Porter Jr. saying, I'm not going to let this happen. And and even Jokic at the end of the game said that, uh, and in the locker room said that, you know, those those eight points to start the quarter from 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 Mike were huge, absolutely huge. And um, I think that even he, I, I I think Jokic's relationship with Porter has evolved into a much better place this particular season. Um, it is not easy when you got three guys who demand attention. And the, the, 
it's hard and it's up to your best player to establish um that it is okay and have a good relationship if porter and jokic still had a rough and incommunicative relationship um it wouldn't last night wouldn't have looked the way it was because jokic or because porter got into foul trouble so did aaron gordon and it was since since porter was able to go out and do that it gave you something that you needed to, i think the nuggets fans have kind of missed in the in the and specifically some of the media people my media brethren have uh have missed out on the reason this game means more than the first game is because the nuggets established that no matter what the timberwolves did the nuggets were going to win and that came in the body of michael porter jr there's nothing more demoralizing at all. There is nothing more demoralizing than having to doing everything possible you can to get a two point lead going into the fourth quarter, expending more effort than you have uh, the previous um, six quarters combined to get back into this game. And Michael Porter Jr. comes out there and takes it away. And establishes that no matter what you do, the Nuggets are going to win because they are better. Yet the first game was great for dominance, but to this game against the Wolves on on Wednesday night was more important because Michael Porter Jr. went out there and 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 said no, <laughs> and that sends a clearer message to the Minnesota Timberwolves than anything that the Nuggets did in that first game because of the effort they spent getting back in the game and all of that. And it wasn't enough. And there is nothing in the NBA more demoralizing than that. All right. Second half of the podcast, we're going to talk about Jamal Murray and his 40 point outburst against the Timberwolves in game two. And we'll get to that right after the break. Jamal Murray is no stranger to 40-point outbursts. Uh, this was his fifth. Um, Alex English had four. Um, and David Thompson, it's on record that he has one, but that is one in the NBA history. I believe he had uh, two or three in the ABA, but uh, I'm going to have to look that up. But I think that's – I know he had uh, one in the ABA Finals. And uh, against the against the Nets, so um, you know it could be it could be. I think there may have been another forty point game for him that series, but I don't. I I think the the NBA history is where he only had one, and I think that came in seventy eight. Um, but Jamal Murray doing this is significant. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is is uh, I think I think we kind of. Um, we we have a tendency to look at things in a vacuum. And the way I look at this Nuggets playoffs and why I'm so encouraged about the way they have played and how they have been is because it's not about Jamal scoring 40 points. It is about how it happened. In the playoffs, you need to be able to do multiple different types of offenses if someone takes what you do away you're going to have to show that you either can do something different or have iso players who can get their own 
One of the things that um, if you li- if you talk to NBA analysts about the Nuggets, their thing is they needed an ISO scorer. And, you know, as much as that's anathema to us as uh, Nuggets fans in the way Jokic does ba- uh, basketball, the ability to get your own is vital in the NBA. Um, and this is different from other forms of basketball in Europe and uh, South America and China, maybe they, they don't do it the same way. It is more as, 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 um, Adam Mares would say, egalitarian. Um, it is more share the ball and you do what you do regardless. It's kind of in the vein of, of, of football slash soccer. Basically you do what you do all the time. And in the NBA, it's about you. And nine times out of ten, it's about you. That's why we love Michael Jordan. And uh, one of the things that makes Jokic unique in this era is his kind of relentless do-what-it-takes-to-win-within-the-team-construct kind of approach, which drives um, people who are not used to that sort of thing crazy. Uh, because that's just not the way NBA basketball played. NBA basketball is very individual dominance within a team construct. Um, more akin to baseball, I guess the best way to put that. And, um, what has, what has happened is that the teams in the NBA have never respected the Nuggets because they haven't had that get your own shot guy, even considering Jamal Murray's outburst in the bubble, as we have seen in the coverage since 2020, no one, including players in the NBA have taken the bubble seriously. They do not think that it was legit basketball. I'm sorry to say this folks. When the Nuggets go down in history, very few people are going to be mentioning that the bubble. And I think you saw it last night in the coverage. Is you, Murray was shaken off the bubble um, thing uh, in his postgame comments. Um, the NBA, particularly the players in the NBA, look at that as an anomaly, which they probably should. It, would, it was You'll never be able to replicate that sort of thing. And then even the following year, you still had no fans in the stands. Uh, until the end of the year, it was, it wasn't, you know, it, it, it was just weird. You had two, one and a half seasons of weirdness in the NBA. And it's hard for players to look at that, particularly with the way they have always played with, and, and consider that anything but an anomaly. What Jamal Murray did specifically last night was more akin to what was happening in 2019. Um, and people kind of have a just inability to go back in time in their memories. Um, what we have seen with Jamal is get your own shot mentality. And that is essential in the playoffs, not as essential in the uh, regular season, right? But specifically in the playoffs. And Jamal's ability to do that opens up a different kind of avenue. Uh, and it displays the fact that Nuggets have three players on the roster who can get their own in different ways. Um, MPJ looking for his own shot in the fourth quarter was 100%. And I think that is the demoralizing thing for the uh, Timberwolves. The establishing thing was Jamal Murray doing what he did all game to score 40 points. Those aspects, on top of Njokic having 27-9-9, is what makes the Nuggets different this year built different as the kids would say 
Jamal Murray being able to go out and give you a 40 piece and understanding that that was part of the overall color tour of the Denver Nuggets, it turns this into a different animal altogether. And uh, all compliments to Jamal with what he was able to do. Now, it does throw off the natural flow of an offense. That's what iso ball does, right? Anyone who remembers uh, the 2001 Philadelphia 76ers understands that because it was so heavily dependent on Allen Iverson, it uh, kind of destroyed their ability to do anything else. And Iverson had to play 45 minutes a game in the playoffs, otherwise they weren't going to win. It is a freaking miracle that they got one game from the uh the lakers in that finals in 2001 but this nuggets team is is showing and displaying on top of some good defensive habits which they will never be you know the 2004 pistons or the you know 90s knicks or you know or the anything like that this nuggets team has established that they can do something that maybe people weren't expecting them to do. And in one game, in one game, you saw Michael Porter Jr. take the team on his back and basically, I wouldn't say save, save the game is too dramatic, but establish that you aren't winning and uh, to the Timberwolves. And the second part was Jamal Murray establishing that he can get his own shot. And those two things are completely demoralizing for NBA teams. You are establishing that you can beat you in multiple ways, which is what entirely the NBA playoffs is about. The NBA playoffs are about solving problems and solving the matchup issue. So far, and it's not just one game. So far, it's one and a half games. Chris Finch, who has in that past largely had the best of Michael Malone, um, particularly as a head coach. Everything Chris Finch can can do is 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 not going to be enough to counter what the Nuggets just do normally. And uh, that started in the second and the as of the basically as of the midway through the second quarter uh, against the Nuggets uh, in game one, which fell apart completely in the third quarter of that game. And then this game, he made one lineup adjustment and uh, it um, just didn't work. Torian Prince was out there instead of um, Nikhail um, uh, NAW, you know, Nikhail Alexander Walker. God, I need to get these names right. And, that obviously is going to lead them to make tremendously large changes for game three. Game three is, it won't be the, the, the telltale, but it'll be interesting to see what Finch does. He, the Nuggets have already established that Jamal can get his. The Nuggets have already established that Joker is Joker. It's not Joker. I'm going to stop calling it that. Jokic is Jokic. I slipped up there. I never call him Joker. Um, and uh, they've also established that Michael Porter Jr. Uh, is not going to let all your best efforts defeat the Nuggets. 
And with Carl Towns playing basically some of the worst basketball I've ever seen in the playoffs. And um, Rudy Gobert actually had a good good game, too. Um, you can obviously tell his back was feeling better. Um, those three, those two days off in between the games really helped him. I'm not sure it'll help him when they go back to Minnesota, but horses for courses, right? But the Snuggets team, uh, you know, they are now waiting on Chris Finch and the and the Toronto and the Toronto Raptors and the Minnesota Timberwolves to make an adjustment, another adjustment to them. And this is what the advantage is of having home court advantage throughout the playoffs in the Western Conference. This is what the advantage is. Now they're going home having to adjust to you. Imagine the, how many times the Nuggets have gone into the gone into something and when they are the lower seed and having to adjust to other people. This is and and especially if they split in in, in the times the Nuggets have had home court advantage, then there's a one one split going into the into uh the the other two games on the on the road. This is a 2-0 thing is huge. Absolutely huge. It happened in 2009 where they got up 2-0 on the, the Pel on the Hornets at the time. And then they got up 2-0 on Dallas. It just sets the tone. And then that team that goes back home has to throw, as you saw last year with the Nuggets, has to throw the kitchen sink out there in order to really uh, make this uh, a competitive series. The Denver Nuggets established that they are the better team. And once they established that they are the better team, game two was better because they established that no you could do everything you could possibly do, and it won't be enough because Michael Porter Jr. came in there and said no. Jamal Murray got 40 because he got his own shot. Nikola Jokic had a very casual 27-9-9. It's amazing. All right. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'll probably have a podcast drop uh, Sunday morning after game. I'm just going to win. Friday, excuse me. Yeah, Friday. Saturday. Saturday morning. God, I got my got my days mixed up. Anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest uh, Morecast. I'll be back on Saturday morning with a wrap-up of Game 3. Goodbye. Goodbye.